Welcome back to another episode of Direct Response Secrets. I'm your host, Zachary J. Radford, and today I have an amazing guest for you. You've probably heard of her. Her name is Candace Lazar. So who is Candace? Well, Candace is not only just a marketing strategist, not only has she taught from stage to thousands, yes, thousands of entrepreneurs, and showed them how to launch their products, not only has she been the copy chief for Jeff Walker and worked with some of the brightest minds in all of online marketing and advertising. She is also a breathwork coach. And did I mention she's a recovering lawyer? You're gonna wanna listen to this episode. Grab your tea, your coffee, your chair, you on your walk, whatever you're doing, make sure you got a pen and paper or you take notes in your phone because Candace drops so many nuggets in this episode. You're not gonna wanna miss it. And let's jump into it. Welcome back to the episode. Um, as I mentioned, we have a very special guest, Candace Lazar. And not only is Candace a copywriter, she does launches. Um, she's seen working with Jeff Walker, seeing behind all of these launches. I am very excited. And I kind of just want to pick your brain. That's why I asked you to come on the podcast. And I know all of our listeners will be wanting me to ask all the questions that to try to understand what you're doing now, what's happening, what what do you see, what's going on in the marketplace, what it was like working with Jeff and being in charge of some of those launches. Like, welcome to the show, first off and for, uh, for foremost. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Welcome. Thanks. Good to be here, Zach. Hey, thank you for inviting me. Yes, definitely. And we're both Titans uh, accelerators. So that's kind of how we met. And I've been following you from a bit of a distance. And then we did, a. I went on this breathing exercise, uh, which I do Wim Hof breathing, but I wasn't aware there was anything else really. And would you, what would you call, is that like a box breathing? Just like on a side note, what is that called? What we did was, um, well, the, the type of technique is called, is called euphoric, euphoric breath work, but it's, um, and that's a, that one we're doing conscious connected breath work. Um, but actually, yeah, that wasn't euphoric at all. I'm trying to remember the session we did. It was conscious connected breathing and that's a breath work journey. So that's kind of a, you know, that had a theme that was a whole story arc. Not every, you know, there's breath work sessions that aren't necessarily like that. Wim Hof does, you know, a lot of functional things and other things that aren't necessarily always going to be like that. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's one, one type of, of way you can use breath work, I guess. So, yeah. And so that's how we, we connected and I, I was blown away by that session. And I want to talk more about that, but when I, when I see you, that's what it reminds me of, because after I did it, I had like an emotional release and I was like, Whoa, I have some pent up stuff going on. So that was, uh, it was really, really powerful. And that's why I like Wim Hof as well. It's not the same sensation, but anyways, we can, we can get into that uh, shortly. So let's kind of start back at uh, the beginning of your career. You, so you didn't, you weren't always a copywriter. How did you get started in that business and in this business? And, and what does it look like? Well, I always, I always liked marketing and advertising. So I, I will say that. Um, but I never, you know, I, I, I majored, I was a communications major because I couldn't figure out like, which thing do you do? Do you do telecom or do you do advertising? Marketing was a separate school than advertising. There, you know, it was hard to double major in things. And so I just didn't really do anything specific. And then I thought, well, I, I didn't go to advertise. I didn't major in advertising. So I felt I felt like I couldn't really do that. Um, eventually, I worked in video production and post-production. So I worked for a company that worked with ad agencies and um, sometimes with, with companies directly, usually larger, like automotive, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and they would, they would shoot video for them, create graphics, new media, you know, whole finished start, whatever aspect you needed, start to finish a video, which back then, um, you know, with some TV commercials, not a whole lot of online at this point, I'm sure it's pretty much entirely online, very few um, TV ads. Um, but I, I love marketing. I, I enjoyed that. I, I liked working in that field. And then I moved. And when I moved, I decided to uh, go to law school. I actually decided when I moved, I was going to go to either Miami, I moved to Miami and Miami had 
still has, I believe, at the Miami Ad School. Um, so I was either going to go to the Miami Ad School or law school. And I decided to go to law school for um, a few reasons I won't won't bore you with, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, I, to me, that was really kind of the detour in a way, uh, cause I, I I was into advertising and I really thought as a business degree, you know, I was like, do this and then figure out what you want to do after. So I just kind of thought I would probably go back to something more creative. You know, I wasn't, I didn't love the idea of practicing law and I tried it for a little while. Uh, and one day while I was at work, I saw, I saw an ad, um, banner ad about copywriting training. And I was really intrigued by that. So I ended up copywriting training while I was at work as a lawyer. Um, And then I kind of just jumped into that, that rabbit hole. Well, that's awesome. And I always find it so fascinating how life happens. You know, you go, you start out one way and then you end up totally different. Is there anything that you learned from your uh, career in law that has helped you be a better copywriter? Sure. I mean, I, I would say I think about things in a, probably in a different way than than other people might. I, I don't want to say specifically there's there's any one. Well, one thing I guess it, it's it puts me in a stronger position as far as my contracts go. You know, there's times that that I'll talk <laughs> with a client and I don't I don't like a term of their contract and they say we're not changing it and I say okay, you know, for me this is this is a, a breaking point. And then they come back and they say, you know what, we'll, we'll change it for you. So, so that works out well. Um, I have, you know, I I happen to, I was an intellectual property lawyer. So that type of law um, lends itself very well to, to what we do. So I would say that it's nice to have some of that knowledge, but just, you know, I, I look at copy in in different ways. And um, a lot of the questions when I, when I was Jeff, when I was Jeff's copy chief, um, one of my writers in particular would ask a lot of questions about specific words. And he'd be like, why did you change this? And I always have a, a good explanation for why, you know, the, the nuances of different words and, and things like that. And some of it's not, um, it's not always intentional. It can get probably annoying in a way it's, but brain school, you know, law school uh, brainwashes you a bit. And so yeah. I'm like, I'm not trying to be difficult. You know, someone asked me the other day, I said, um, I said, I, I had some, you know, some like fashion stylist closet person come over at one point to, to my house. And she said, how did you find her? And, and the woman who I'm having this conversation with is, is um, English. And so I said to her, what do you, I, I said, you're English. So I don't know what you mean. I said, do you mean, how did I locate this person? Or do you mean, how did I enjoy the experience? Right? Like, I, like, you know, so if I, if that was copy, she was writing, right. I would have gone into the cat. This is just a conversation, yes. but like, that's the thing that I would have gone in right to change. And it can get really, it can get really nitpicky sometimes too. Um, but I would say it just informs my overall approach. That That's awesome though. Well, it's to me on the outside looking in, it's like attention to detail because words have meaning and the wrong word at the wrong time can be the difference between making a sale and not right. Yeah, definitely. Smell like words like each or both, like that could that could honestly kill it, right? Like if someone thinks they're getting two of something, yeah, they're not or whatever. Like, yeah. So that that's like you were essentially trained to like to point out the fine points and look for the things that the minute details that actually have a bigger impact. And I think that's probably impacted your copy career greatly. I would I would say that not just on the contract side, but just on the writing side because. Um, I can't remember the name of the book. It's all, I haven't read it yet. Um, it's about a lawyer. Um, all copywriters should read this book and it's on my list. Uh, Spence is his first name. Do you know what I'm referring to at all? Uh, he, he was essentially a courtroom lawyer for a long period of time. And he, he, he teaches how to like build arguments. And I wanted to read this book and it kind of reminded me uh, of you. That's how my brain works. Kind of jumps around a little bit. Like I, when I think of law, then I thought of this. Uh, I think it's like Spence Tracy, Spence something. Anyways, my audience will will roast me for it anyway. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, yeah, just being able to structure that conversation makes a, a big difference. And if you're doing intellectual law, you're putting together these contracts where people's livelihoods are are on the line. So I guess that would pay, play a huge role in in what you're coming up with. So what was your what was your next step? So you you clicked on this ad, you started doing some copy stuff, and you're like. 
this is cool. This is exciting. Um, was there a moment that was just like, this is for me that kind of sparked that for you? Or was that just like, you just, you enjoyed it always? Uh, well, so I had already been looking for, I was already looking for some sort of side hustle to, to start just because I, I didn't really love practicing law. Yeah. Um, I had an idea in mind that I was going to start explaining. didn't particularly excite me, but I was like, well, there might be a need for that. You know, I, I had seen a need in my own work for this. I'm like, maybe other people need it in their work. I should explore this because, you know, not too many people do it. So yeah. I had an idea that I was going to start exploring. Uh, I already enjoyed this type of thing. And I already, you know, I, I already viewed myself as a, as a writer. Um, even, you know, in law school, I did. I was the executive editor of my, uh, my law journal. Um, and that's in addition to all the marketing, you know, running I, I did before. So I, it, to me, it was, it was a pretty, I was nervous to click the banner ad. I didn't use yeah. to click banner ads. I shopped online. This was like <laughs> 20, I think this was the very end of 2014. I shopped plenty online by that point, yeah. but I didn't click banner ads. Like I thought they were like a little shady and a little bit gross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. So so I was kind of nervous, but it, but it spoke to me. Like I, I, you know, I very much was like, oh, the, you know, this is about writing. I'm a writer. And uh, I almost didn't open the emails, but yeah, once I, once I did. And then once I bought their first thing and started going into, into their their front end offer. I was like, oh yeah, this is, I was like, forget that other idea that I had had, yeah. you know, as, as my, my milk toasty one, I was like, this is really what I want to, what I want to think about doing. That's awesome. Like, so for, for me, I was uh, probably 12 or 13 years old and money was always something that I wanted when I was growing up because we lacked it. And I, I got either a random email. I can't remember hundred percent or I stumbled on this like MLM program and I was going to be rich really fast. And it was super great. And you just had to buy newspaper uh, ads. And I remember being like telling everybody about this. This is the greatest thing ever. Long story short, I didn't make that money. And it was like a total scam. But I was just blown away by the action that I took. I'm like, and at the time, I like, I think it was like $39 or $29 for the, the thing to have it shipped to your house and all that. I'm like mowing lawns. I'm, like, I'm out there hustling for this money to, get, to make this happen. And then I was blown away. And it took me a very long time to even understand that that was copywriting. I, I, I didn't know. Uh, even when I went and I got, ended up getting a job at a large, very large agency, I had no idea that that was copywriting that made me do that. And then I was introduced to direct response and then all the classics, Gary Halbert and all that. And then, you know, the, the shelf behind me speaks, like I just became obsessed and I bought it all and, and learned it all. So that, that's very, very cool. And uh, it was funny. You joined like the 0.01% who actually did click on banner ads <laughs> to get your course, which is very cool. So you, you got this course, you're taking it, you're, you're excited about it. And then this led you to how'd you end up working for Jeff and becoming a coffee chief like that? That's such a huge jump from like just clicking on a banner ad, doing a course. Now uh, I'm working for Jeff. And I remember the original launches Jeff did. I was on the internet then and I was watching all of that and couldn't afford it. But I was like, man, if I could afford this. <laughs> Like, I just remember sitting there and having that feeling. How long did you work for Jeff? And, and how did that story kind of happen? I worked for him for five years. Um, yeah, I, I guess I would. So I was always contract. I um, I viewed myself kind of as permalance because I was I was part of his team and I, I ran I ran one part of the team. But I always had the. Jeff always gives us the freedom to be able to do other things, which was, which was great. And a lot of his coaches do, you know, a lot of his coaches are people that were successful at, at using his, his system. Right. So it makes sense because they were already doing this other thing. So I, um, I was on his team for five years and I found him actually through. So the, the banner ad for, for copywriting training, they have, um, uh, they're called AWAI. I don't know if you've heard of them. They have a an, uh, an event. They used to have this event annually, and then you know they moved it online. COVID, it went away a year. COVID. They um, they've recently brought it back, and it's kind of in a different format than it used to be. But they used to have a job fair at this conference. So there was an afternoon of this conference where um, 
different people that were hiring would, you know, have a table and you could go talk to them. Sometimes they would have a, some sort of assignment beforehand or do after, you know, you could learn about the assignment side if you want to do it, that type of thing. So um, one year, Jeff, Jeff was looking for a writer and they, he, he sent someone to that event to, to find a writer. Uh, so yeah, it was, a, you know, I, I had to do kind of a, a test thing. He had us, we had to uh, kind of fill in some missing information in his style guide. Just, mm-hmm. you know, deter, tell them how you found this. You, so what did we have to do? We had to take a video. You could choose a blog video and then write it into a blog post. And then we had to take something in his style guide and fill in the missing information and then make a short video explaining how, what we did to, to fill that in. So, um, yeah, it was a little bit of process. And then you sent that in an interview, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so after a few months, I, I started, uh, writing on his team and, um, there were three of us and eventually just, you know, over time, um, you know, the other people leave and, and I eventually entered it. I would say about two and a half years in, I started running the suit. So I spent half the time kind of as the, the newer person on the team watching and learning yep. and then half the time running the team. That's so, that's cause when, when I, I, we got down to the point that I was, when one person left later, there were two of us. And then when that other person went, I believe it was like, we got to get Candace some help. <laughs> so, okay. You know, we interviewed, got me, got me a team, uh, go on a, a bigger team even than, than had left. So yeah, it was pretty cool. That's, that's amazing. And that transition from, like, I could just imagine the condensed learning, what type of copy were you writing for him? Were you doing all the, any VSLs, his training, like what, what type of stuff were you doing? Sales pages, emails? Yeah. So Jeff liked to still do a lot of his own copy and he, um, is a big fan. I think, I think less so now over the past couple of years, he's been more willing to change, but a lot of like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yep. So there, there wasn't a whole lot of, of long form copy because um, a lot of his sales messaging, he would maintain and his, you know, his core, his, his flagship product, it, you know, the, the product changes, it gets updated and, and, and modified for current times, but that product itself is, is still largely the same with the same promise. So that stuff doesn't change a lot, but on a day-to-day basis, ton tons of emails um every week he he posts some sort of video blog content um let's see you know with the launch there's a lot of different versions of, of pages and different versions of emails based on did they already have you know how segment segmenting i would just say based on segmenting yeah um you know there's landing pages faq i mean a lot of different types of stuff so the, trying to like the distill some of that for the listener, what were some of your biggest takeaways going from a newer copywriter? You've taken the course, you applied, you got this job, uh, AWA, all that process happened, the interview and to going to copy chief, what were the main things that you had to change as an individual? What did you learn and how did that impact your career? Well, I never, so was there we one? never really planned to, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, is there, was there one, like, you know, for me, I read this, I just recently, I read it every quarter, but turning pro. So there was like, I remember in my mind, like this moment of like, this is what I do. And this is who I am. Did, did you have that kind of moment? Um, I mean, it- I, so I, you know, I realized that I was going to be the next copy chief, which was kind of a I guess that's like a, this is who I am. It, you know, it was like, wow, this is next. <laughs> but it was also, so I never really anticipated. I always thought I would be like a very, low, you know, lone gun solo person. And then I decided that I wanted to join this team and then to end up running this, you know, I, I never first thought I would join a team. And then I certainly never expected to to run a team. So I would say there's a there was a little bit of a, of a shift that, you know, I, a learning curve somewhat to get comfortable doing that, um, learning to lead. Uh, everyone that I hired onto that team too was older than me. One of the people on that team was, uh, had a lot of experience and, and I really looked up to it. Like I, I had, 
I had taken some of his courses in the past and, you know, written to him and been like, this is awesome. You know, it yeah. felt very weird to me to, to bring him in onto my team. Yeah. Um, so I had to get comfortable with that. That was a big shift. Um, and just learning to, you know, learning to balance, you've got to be able to give effective criticism that will create change while still being motivational. Right. Yeah. You don't want to shatter somebody's dreams. Good job, but. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, and you, you might need them to change it yet again. You like, you're not quite certain. And you know, you want to, yeah, you want to just make, try to try to keep everyone as happy as you can. Were you responsible for building the team or um, did you have help through like an HR or what did that kind of situation look like? Um, I had help. It wasn't just me. So, I mean, definitely my opinion counted, but it wasn't entirely. It, it wasn't just you pick the ones you like and that's it. Was there a common thread of kind of what you looked for uh, when hiring somebody being a copy chief? I, well, period for his hiring process. Yep. Any anyone across the board, it's like just follow, and for anyone's hiring process, really, just follow the instructions. And I know that that was kind of an issue with a lot of people that yep. that were that were applying for the role that I ended up initially getting as the copywriter. Because if you just don't follow the instructions, it's like if you can't be bothered to read through this whole thing, yep. Then what else are you going to not be bothered to do when it's really important? You know, <laughs> 100%. so I would say they all had to follow the instructions to a T. Um, and I look for definitely, you know, a, an interpersonal. I mean, there were some first it's like, do I like your writing? Do I like your answers? And do I like your writing? Right. On paper. Yeah. And then when we had, when we had a call, you know, it's kind of just like, how well do you vibe together? What do you, you know, what do you say? Do they come across as yeah. someone you could work with or do they come across as kind of an arrogant, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a big part too. And then you have to think about, you know, how much are they asking for? And I'll, you know, then you get into kind of the more logistical, logistical yeah. things, but. Uh, are they decent? You know, can they perform the job and, you know, can we afford to to bring them in? Uh, I always, when I was building my agency, I always tried to look for somebody who was, uh, was teachable. And I always thought that was great. But what I ended up building was I had a bunch of people asking me questions all the time when I was trying to grow uh, my business. So what I took from what you said there is that you hired someone that had great experience, which is great. Like you don't necessarily have to tell them what to do. You can put them in the place and in the role and, and trust their abilities. And so they can grow and, and do the thing. I, th I think there's something, uh, valuable there. And I think as young business owners, we think that we need to hire, surround ourselves. I know I did. I had to surround myself with people that I could help, but I found myself always just trying to lift it. Um, and, and I'm a solo entrepreneur now because of that reason. I had a, a great experience building <laughs> that business and running teams. So I'm kind of on the opposite end, but if I ever had to do it again, I would hire people way smarter than me and then say, I'm paying you. You tell me how it's done. Figure it out. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so <clears throat> did you get to see behind as a copy chief behind a bunch of launches uh, as well when you were there? Oh, did, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I worked on all of our launches for those five years. That's that's phenomenal. Was there any one like so was it all just internal or did you see I'm sure you saw like uh, other people taking Jeff's material and launching as well? Uh, well, he, so he does work with affiliates. So we, we had an affiliate program. That's a lot of copy too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and swipe and everything. Um, but I mean, yeah, people do go out in the world and, and they do try to, you know, infringe stuff. And, and he's a, he's a big enough name that, uh, A, it happens and B, he's got, he's got people who are able to, you know, take the time to, to report those things and, and whatnot and try and get them taken down. Yeah. So, so um, in, in your internal launches that you've done uh, through there, was there any like one that you saw that was kind of like, just kind of blew you away? Uh, I can think of myself there like, and when I was running the agency full time, I, there'd be an ad that I'm like, oh, that's, eh, I might not do well. And it does well. And this one, I'm like, this is amazing. This is going to work really good. I put it out. 
bombs. <laughs> so uh, I always say, if I'm not sure about it, I put it out anyways to, to test it. But was there anything inside of your internal launches that you saw that were was kind of amazing or unexpected that uh, was really interesting? I mean, I guess I would say kind of just a couple of times that we introduced new formats. So my first, trying to think of when I joined the team. Yeah, my, my first launch was fall of 2018. And that was the first time Jeff did uh, live, live launches. So he, you know, we, we had a team meeting and he's like, here's what we're going to do. And after doing several years of a video, not even several years, you know, more than a decade of video. Yeah. He, he's, you know, took his whiteboard and he sketched out this whole, it was like a little masterclass. It was a team meeting. But it was like a mini masterclass. Like people would have paid to go, you know, to yeah. go to this. So that was knowing what he wanted to do for the first one and how big of a change it was compared to, you know, video pre-launch stuff prior. That was pretty like, how are we going to get this done? But of course we did. Um, and when I say we, I don't mean like the copy. I mean, just like the whole, like, yeah, it, it was a big change. Um, and then for me, you know, I, I would say, so the, the beginning of 2021, um, normally every fall there used to be LaunchCon, which was a, an in-person event, mm -hmm. but in fall of 2020, we did not have a LaunchCon. And, uh, but there's an offer that we would, that, that we would make at LaunchCon that we wanted to, to still be able to make. So instead of having LaunchCon was kind of about individuals within his masterminds talking about something that they've done or, or whatever, um, instead of having them, Jeff kind of talked about debrief their, you know, launch trends for the year, some of their debriefs and, and things like that. He talked through it. Um, so trying to deliver similar content somewhat, but in it's different format at the same time and, and making that offer. And I, we just weren't entirely sure how it was going to go. And this particular project I did uh, by myself, I didn't have, it was between wow. my <laughs> other old partner leaving no and my pressure. new team starting. <laughs> so <laughs> I did have a, you know, so Jeff does have someone who helps plan out, plan out his campaigns and, and stuff and do a lot of his, his funnel planning. So I worked with him, but just as far as the actual copy, um, but it's actually really freeing sometimes to have no, you know, to start to, to start with completely new hooks and not have any other ideas in your head. It's yeah. not like when you look at something and you're like, well, what was this about last time? And then you're thinking, okay, do I want it to be similar? Do I want it to be different? Right. There's nothing that exists. It's a totally blank slate. So, so it went, it went really well. We were, we were pretty happy with how that, that ended up turning out. And it's not, I mean, it's not like, oh, it was the copy that got, like, this was a, yes. this it was a high ticket offer. It involved phone calls and deposits and other things, yes. but, um, just, you know, the, the copy for it was, was effective enough to get, to get people there, get that ball rolling. And, and other people have started introducing kind of their own similar event at that type of year, at that time of year too. So uh, yeah, that's he's, flattering. He's setting trends, I think in the marketplace. And I do see that as well, as simple as his Sunday email, which I get every Sunday. And then I've started to notice there's a lot more people doing the Sunday email as well. And uh, oh, Brian Kurtz also does the Sunday email as well. So I'm reading a lot every Sunday now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting that. Um, so if you don't mind me asking, um, the the offer, what like so you would normally do it from stage, I guess, or through the event. How, what was the setup like then? Was it like a, a series? You guys just do like a, a launch format with that high ticket? That would be totally different than what you normally would see. Through it was a very what? Yeah, it was very different. It was not, it was not like pre-launch content one, two, three at all. Um, it was a two day live webinar, I guess, live training type of a thing. And then um, with a deposit to book a call, it's a live call. And then you would buy the offer through the call. That's awesome. And I'm a big believer in the deposit because like if, I only want to tell, like, and that's why I love my book because it's a great leverage tool. And if somebody buys my book and kind of knows who I am and they want to jump on a call, that call is usually 10, nine times out of 10, amazing. <laughs> and then somebody who doesn't know me, and then I get put in a position where you got to try to pre-sell yourself. So I think Dan Kennedy says that you never have to, you know, don't try to pre-sell yourself, like make sure uh, on the call, make sure they're well pre-sold and they know exactly who you are and your reputation precedes you. And 
Um, that's how I try to look at it. But I think if somebody puts down a deposit or any a low ticket offer, it just opens up a, a conversation. You know, they're more serious than somebody who's just going to hop on the call and him and ha and, and do all of that stuff. And uh, I literally, yeah, you know, if you, yeah, if you're exactly, if you, you got to show that you're somewhat serious about it, you got to, if you're not going to show up for that call, it's, it's a waste of everyone's time. Um, yes. You know, I want, I can't, I want to say, I want to say that he talked investment and everything on, on the webinar, I believe. So, you know, it, there's no surprises, like either book a call if you're serious yep. or don't, <laughs> but so, yeah, don't just take up the time on the calendar. So that's, that's what the deposit was for. You know, they get it back either way. And two days of time invested. So like you're, you're immersed in the content, you know, how much it is. Yeah. Like I'm no surprise that it, it did well. And, uh, I think you might have undersold your copy there a little bit too, because I, that plays a huge piece to get everybody to the webinar. And, and yeah, all the yeah, no, and it, 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 it is harder for sure these days to get people to to show up at live, especially, yes. um, you know, by the by winter, everyone is getting a little, you know, we were we were well into things by then. People were like, oh yeah, Zoom happy hour has been on for a while. You know, these events have been going on for a while. Lockdown was getting old. Like it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It, it is definitely harder than it used to be to get people show up to your event live. Yeah. And, so. and for me, I started using Zoom like a year before any of that stuff even happened. So my wife jokes, she says that like I was born for that period of time because I would commute from the bedroom to my office and like, you know, sit on sales calls and close deals all day and write my own copy, which was terrible at the time <laughs> before I knew what exactly what I was doing. Uh, and then through time, I was able to to get better. Do you notice uh, working with other copywriters and seeing all the launches that you've seen? Is there one like um, common mistake that people make? Like they take something for granted or what do you normally see uh, the on the error side when someone's trying to launch a product? Um, it could be a similar funnel that you ju we just talked about or just in general. Let's say perhaps... Now and then losing audience clarity, like, so, like on occasion in a piece, someone will, you can see something where, especially if you're segmenting, it's like, wait, you're, you're starting to talk to them like they already have this, but they don't, or you're starting to talk to them like they're super new and they're not, they're going to get annoyed. Or, yeah. um, I just, you know, I, I have someone that I, that I, uh, that I mentor that I was just looking at at something. And I said, well, are, are you talking to this family member or are you talking to that family member? You got like, you can't, yeah. you don't want to talk to them both the same way. You got to be very clear because this person's trying to help that person, right? One yes. of them is like the caretaker versus the patient, you know? Yep. So sometimes I would say, yeah, people lose a, a little bit of clarity uh, as to who they're tied, especially the longer the piece of copy and yeah, the more segments. Makes sense. And I, I see that uh, even in when I'm writing my own stuff, that's why I will just blurb it all out, go for a walk, come back, edit, go for a walk, come back, edit, and then just build it uh, instead of trying, trying to, because what I find is that I will, I'll get excited and then I just want to get it all out because if I start editing it while I'm writing, it's, it's absolutely atrocious. <laughs> it takes 10 times longer and, and it's not as effective. So um working with uh doing the launches now you're transitioning into what, what are you up to now what are we working on are you doing you're taking on consulting clients by the sounds of it and, and you're helping change the world one launch at a time or what does that look like uh, yes that's exactly what i'm doing uh, <laughs> so i i am right now starting to offer vip days and they are true whether I mean, obviously, I can be flexible if someone wants, but in my vision, they are true VIP days where um, my client and I would be working together for for one day. They would have, you know, they have a little bit of work to do ahead of time. They give me some stuff. I have a little bit of work to do ahead of time, and then we spend the day planning out their launch, right? Making sure they've got their uh, their avatar nailed because avatars change every year, right? Even if the even if the avatar doesn't change, they're a year yep. older and their tastes are going to start to change. Yep. So making sure the avatar is right, deciding that you, you know, making sure you've got all the pieces down for your offer, making sure you're happy with that, making, yep. figuring out what type of launch you want to do, right? Is it a webinar? Is it a challenge? Is it a PLF launch? Is it just a classic email launch? Mm -hmm. 
making sure you've got everything in place for that, making sure you know your calendar, um, outlining the stuff. So kind of a, a plan your launch in a day. And then I have a secondary one, plan your launch copy in a day. So if you already know, I am having a webinar on such and such date and I'm offering product X at, you know, blah, blah, Yep. then, okay, we can create, um, that morning, well, over lunch, I would say I'll end up creating a, a bot based on your avatar for you. And then in the afternoon, we'll do the copy stuff, you know, around that. And again, kind of double checking everything along the way. So, and then there's a little bit of support after that, you know, there's some surprises and, and whatnot too. And there's some support Always. after that, that, Always. yeah, that that's not really announced, but that's what I've been, uh, that's what I've been, been put together right now lately. Oh, so. That's awesome. And do you have a limit to how many clients you work with? Or are you just doing one-on-one for now? Or are you thinking about group eventually? Or what does that look like? No, it's uh, I would say it's one-on-one for now. I, you know, if I can figure yep. out a way to um to turn it into a course later, sure. Um, I'd love to do that. But yeah, this is it, it this is really new in this type of offer for me. And I want to see what I learn from from doing it one-on-one first. Yeah. And I want to be able to, to give bespoke attention to the idea is like, it's a bespoke thing, you know? Yeah. So I want to be able to do that with everybody. Yeah, no, I get that makes sense. And you just got to position it. So, and you're coming off a, a great positioning from working with Jeff and then you got your speaking opportunities coming on our podcast, all of these different things. So I think there's, um, there's a lot of opportunity for launch Like the, the number of businesses that could benefit from this is, is essentially endless. How do you narrow your market down uh, for for you and who you want to work with? What does that look like? Uh, well, I I generally would say that I work with with coaches um, and and business owners who've already got some sort of some sort of intellectual property out in the world. Um, you know, they've, they've had some experience because uh, someone who's launching for the first time probably isn't going to, isn't going to want to want to spend the, the money to hire me to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a, and I would say, how do I decide, you know, with my intake forms, honestly, right. Yeah. Like, do you know, what, what are your answers? And then when we talk intake stuff, like when we talk, how's the, you know, how's the conversation? Does it feel right? You know, can, can yeah. we pick, do we each think, do I feel like I can spend, you know, six to seven hours with this person? And do I get the sense from them that they would be happy spending six to seven hours with me? And, you yeah. know, it's, yeah, it's kind of just a, just a feel. Uh, but then, I, yeah, the, the intake forms help too. I, I absolutely love that. And I'm the exact same way because I have my non-negotiables that are just like things that I will not go out of my, my way. It's almost not so much scope. But like, I want someone that I'm working with to be open-minded and and to be teachable and different stuff like that. Because I find if they already know everything, why are they coming in and hire? And I've been through that to take money that way. And I find that really hard, (laughs) not enjoyable. So someone who's cool, like that's like, that's how I sum it up in my mind. Like, are you cool or not? And so I'm asking, they fill out the intake form and then I get them on the the little call and I'm just asking questions to to identify, like you just said, do I want to spend time with this individual? And so if anybody did want to work with you on the launch format, how, how, how do they go about finding you? They can find me on my website, which is not up to date. <laughs> so they'll read it and be like, this doesn't say anything about VIP days. But uh, my website, it, it's my name. So so CandiceLazar.com. Um, I have a contact form on there, or you can sign up for my email list on there. I'm, I'm in the process of, I've got to get all my tech stuff moved over in the next probably a week or so, but um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll start sending out some messaging about that pretty soon. That's it. And you were just traveling and you were speaking at uh, AWAI, is it? Yes. Yeah. So, and the website's always the last thing to get updated for me anyways. I'm just trying to <laughs> get yeah. a traveler's children have no shoes. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it looks fine. It's not embarrassing. Like it's, it, it no, says, no. It, it says that I run Jeff's team, you know, it's, so it's not like, yep. there's nothing wrong with it, except it's, it's just outdated. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. And I'll make sure to include that as well. And you also have another passion, like as I mentioned at the uh, the beginning of the pod, uh, with breath work and all that. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? And how did you get started in into that? Because that is totally different than the copywriting <laughs> realm. <you know? laughs> It is. Yeah. Well, um, so I, I went, I, I went on vacation earlier this year and I really just wasn't feeling that, that great on vacation. 
And I spent a lot of time in, in bed and I was doing some meditations and I really liked the meditations that had uh, breath work in them, mm-hmm. especially the ones that had parasympathetic breath work, which is when you stretch out your exhales to be longer than your inhales, it, it really like brings your, your heart rate down. It, it relaxes you heavily, you know, it just changes your state. So, um, I was doing that a bit and I decided to keep exploring it when I got home. I was like, I like, I like this, you know, and I could see other benefits to this. And it's easier for me than meditating because meditating is just like, I'm, I'm all over the place, but this is something I, I can count. I can pay attention to my breath. And so, uh, I started to explore it when I got home and, uh, then I just thought, you know, this seems like a thing that based on a little bit of research I did, I was like, this seems like a thing that's kind of on the upswing, you know, like, uh, Yoga was kind of a, you know, a really niche alternative granola hippie thing for years. Yep. And now it's super common, super, yep. you know, accepted everywhere. Meditation has become more like that. It's not, it's not quite at the, the state of saturation that yoga is, but I could see breath work becoming, even in the time since I have become certified, I've heard a lot more about it and I've only, you know, I haven't been certified for very long. So I just, I really, I liked it and I decided to get certified so that I could, I could share it with people. Um, cause I, I liked how I felt when I added a daily practice to my life. And so I thought, well, you know, I know about launching, so I'll, I'll learn this and I'll get certified so that I can launch, launch things with it. But it is a little hard to, to launch things at the same time that I'm launching my other, I wasn't really planning on doing it all at once, but that's just how it turned oh, out. So nothing is fast. No, it's. <laughs> Good things take time, right? Like good things take time. And it's my life's the exact same way. I'll have like 10 balls in the air and then it's all happening on a Wednesday at 2 p.m. I'm like, how does this happen? Move it back a little bit. And uh, my experience with the breathing coming on, you held a free event, which is really cool. Uh, and I did the, I didn't know what to expect. I, I have some experience with the Wim Hof stuff, which I do daily still. But it was a totally different experience, and like, and he describes it as getting high in your own supply, <laughs> essentially. So it's like I actually thought about he has a, he sells a sweatshirt that says that I thought about getting it when I <laughs> when I got certified. And I'm not Wim Hof certified. He yeah. his certification is this hard. You've got to be doing it for a bit. You've got to go in person and and do stuff with him. Um, but yeah, I love that shirt. <laughs> it's hilarious, but it's so true. When somebody asks me like, "Why do you do the breathing?" and I'm like. Well, it's like, I, I call it take my meds because I'll do, uh, I do my pushups and I do my breathing and then I'll go for my walk and it's like my medication for the day. Uh, and then I, I do meditate. Well, meditate. I will, I'll try and I'll end up either falling asleep or taking like a power nap for like 20 minutes. Uh, but I try to do that occasionally. Like, so I did it before coming onto this call and it's like, it's like getting a new start on the day. Like you, you know, like I, I'd already had worked and I was writing copy and I was launching this new offer and we're doing all this stuff. So I'm like, how do I get energized? And I don't do caffeine. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to do that meditation. And it, and it brings, brings me back to a, a nice place. And, uh, and I joke with my wife and I call it my meds. So I'm like, I gotta go take my meds. I'm gonna go medicate and or uh, meditation and the breathing and and the walking and all that stuff. Um, so with your, pro- are you gonna launch a program or what? What's going on with the breathing now? Are you kind of just you're putting a pause on it until you get this your VIPs out into the world, your VIP days, and then? That's such a good question. I, you know, I. It's hard to say, you know, part of me is like, just pause and get the other thing done first. But other people are interested in the breathwork stuff. They do ask me. Um, I would like to create something. So I actually right now I'm creating a, I'm creating a program, just a, a one-off session uh, for someone specific, but I'm realizing that this it's kind of going to become the basis of my overall like intro session, whatever that looks like, right? Yep. Whether it's going to be a recorded thing, whether it's live. Um, and then, um, I'm, you know, I, I've learned how to, how to assemble those journeys, but I also, I'm, I'm working with stock music, which is a little bit different than doing it with, with Spotify. That takes time to find the tracks you like. And, and last yeah. week I thought, all right, well now I have to figure out how to put these all together into a playlist. Right. And who can I, you know, and, and do the fade thing. And I had to down, I haven't used iTunes in years. I had to download iTunes and then like set the fade on iTunes and all that stuff and yeah. simple things. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but just, um, you know, I've, I've learned to start putting those together, but it still takes a while. I could, yeah. I could put together like a quick, so a journey like you did that type of breathing you have to do for a certain amount of time. Like I, yeah. like I can't like 
bring you into this state and then bring you right back out in, in 20 minutes and, and try to bounce back. It's just, it's too much. Yeah. So you, if you're going to do that type of breathing, you're doing it for, you want to be doing it for a good, at least 45 minutes, but there's other stuff you could do, right. As part of this, this class that I'm teaching, I'm doing like a 10 ish, 12 ish minute, you know, parasympathetic, like down, down regulating journey at the end. And, you know, it, I'm figuring out how to, how to put together shorter playlists and what that looks like and, and everything. So um, I don't know yet. You know, I think kind of too, it's probably the type of thing where it'll be better to learn from, from people what they want, as opposed to just, you know, yeah. here, here's the course. So I suspect I will probably do some sort of, you know, C type of launch where I, I ask people constantly, what do you, what do you guys want to talk about next week and do it live, you know, at least the first go round. Yeah. before I would create something else otherwise, but I'm not sure yet. I would say I'm likely to do, I'm like, I'm likely to offer another journey this year um, before the end of the year. Definitely. Um, as far as coaching packages, everything right now, it's really just what individual people are approaching me for. You know, yeah. I had someone I need, I had someone that I, I want some advice with for the VIP days. And I know that she's pretty stressed out. And, and so I said, why don't we trade? You know, I yeah. give you a breathwork session, give me a coaching session. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing things with it. Um, but yeah, I haven't given myself a, a hard, hard launch date. And I, I understand too, that it's like, I could decide to take my own, <laughs> right? What does like Brian I say? He eats his own dog food, right? Yes. I can like put, I can put my <laughs> own offer through that, but yeah. I'm not at the point yet where I have enough that I know about my I don't have enough of the pieces that I would have to do for my own pre-work yet to be able to do it. So yeah, as much as I like that theory of like, I'll test it on my own thing. I'd really rather be able to still keep moving forward with both of them and not waiting yep. for one or the other. Music is a crucial part of, of that whole process. Right. And I could just imagine trying to figure all that out. What comes to my mind immediately is a membership site of sorts where you can service multiple people, similar to the call that you had me on. And uh, you could, it, there's no limit to how many people you could have on there. It felt very intimate, even though there was only, uh, I think there was five people, but you could have had 50 and it wouldn't have made a difference to me. I turned off my camera, did the breathing and was like, wow, this is, is decent. And I think it's because you like, you get to your subconscious really fast and you can kind of change things around and, uh, I just remember how I felt going into it. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm I'm going to do this. And it was free. And I wasn't 100% sure. I went ahead. I did it. And I felt a lot better. I felt energetic. Um, and similar to when I do the Wim Hof breathing, but just at like a, a more intense level is what I would say. It's just more intense. So if I were you, I'd be looking at that membership area. Of course, you know, do the VIP days, which is great. But like recurring revenue is, is where it's at. And, uh, once you try it, you think about it and I think about it often. And that's why, and the cool thing is it doesn't cost you a whole lot of money. The, the, the exciting part is to have access to the coach and have access to the music done for you and to have all of those pieces. I think that would be a great offer. Yeah, I definitely am intrigued by, by that type of thing. And yeah, it would have some sort of yeah, it, it would it would include a, a certain number of live whatever you know live things I do a month, but there needs to, I shouldn't say there needs to be what I'm picturing and I don't have it all yet is more I don't have other resources existing right yeah like I don't have a I don't have an MP3 library where you can yeah. come download this one track that if you want to feel this way or um, that's that's the type of stuff I need to I would need to develop. And there, and there's different, there's different size pieces you could do too, right? It's like, okay, here, this song is two minutes and 52 seconds. Just for the one song, we're going to go here, right? <laughs> but then it's like, okay, if you like this feel, then download this playlist, which has five of those, right? So it's a 15 minute one instead, right? Like there's different size building blocks, but I don't, yeah. And I've got, that's, I got to get the tech set up, right? I have to have a place for all that stuff to live. <laughs> so this is yeah. reminding me, I actually need to email my my guy um, to tell him like, yeah, we, we're setting it up. I think later this week. And I, I need to ask him a question about that. So well, if you're putting on another event, let me know because I'd be excited to, to help and even to promote if you want as well. I think entrepreneurs, like you're saying, this is becoming more mainstream and I'm a big advocate for um, taking all my medication, the breathing, the exercise, the walking and all that. I don't know where I'd be without it. I find 
uh, entrepreneurship can be very stressful or it can be very easygoing. And that just depends on your perspective. And you need to have the tools to kind of let those things go. In my earlier years, I was very much like, oh, everything needs to be a certain way. Now I'm like, I send an email or I forget to do something. I'm like, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it is what it is. And I think that comes with age too, as, as, uh, as I get older and and all that stuff. But as you update that, I will, I'll make sure to uh, update uh, the episode and I'll include any of your links for that as well. Um, I appreciate you very much for coming on and, and your time. Is there any last thought that you would like to leave to uh, some uh, a newer entrepreneur or somebody who's on the journey to try to grow their business uh, with direct response? Do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to leave them with? That you wish you knew when you were getting started? Um, oh, geez, I, wait, yeah, I, I don't want to take too long <laughs> thinking of like the perfect thing. I would say, you know, just, um, just get, you know, start, get started doing something. It might be messy, you know, th think of something you can do every day to, to, to take whatever it is forward. If you're not sure what it is, it took me a long time to decide what I wanted to, to do. Um, even right now with VIP days, I, I was constantly changing my mind. I thought, well, maybe I'll have an agency. Maybe I'll do a solo. Well, no, maybe I'll partner with people. No, I'm going to just be a fractional CMO. Um, you know, if you don't know what you want to do, I would say get clear on that first, but then just keep taking action. And it's, it's hard and yeah, messy and it can be scary, but you just have to do it anyway. Love it. That's a piece of advice. Yeah. I'm not like, mm, what's my best piece of advice? That's a piece no, of advice. <laughs> no, I, th I think it's great because that mess becomes your story, believe it or not. And nobody tells you that really. You, you like, uh, what I find as I'm going through my journey is that I'll hear something and be like, oh, when I was younger, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. All right. Like it takes time to build something good. Like, as I said earlier, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I've heard that a hundred times, but as I'm starting to build something good, I'm like, oh, it really does take time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the, like your mess, I don't know where I'd be without my mess. So uh, if I just sat on the sidelines, and didn't take the action that I needed. I wouldn't be where I am today and I wouldn't be sitting here talking with you. So I appreciate you very much for coming on and uh, yeah. Thank Pleasure. you. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Mm -hmm.